your Bibles, if you would, the book of James, chapter 1. The book of James, chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be looking at the next section of Scripture in the book of James. Um, I've entitled this, uh, this message, The Implanted Word. We'll get into that uh, title for just a, in just a moment. Um, the, the Scriptures... Are something that uh, we respect, we read about, we study. Uh, but there are some things that you know that I hope as we go into this new year that uh, that we will just fall in love with the Word of God. We have uh, put some Bible reading plans on the back table, and a lot of them have been taken and and. Uh, you know, I hope he didn't take it just to be seen to say, okay, I'm going to try. And, and, and I can't tell you how many times I have done that to start the year and within good intentions, but then things get in the way and we get sidetracked. And I, I hope that you'll make it a priority in your lives uh, that you will try to read the Bible more than you have before. Uh, if you have followed the, the reading plan up till now, you have read about the creation, you have read about the, uh, the life of Jer- uh, um, Joshua before he uh, took the children of Israel into the promised land. You have read uh, about Isaiah and his calling uh, as a prophet of the Lord. You've read a couple of the Psalms. You've You've read the genealogy of, 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 of Jesus through the lineage of Joseph, uh, and, and you've, you've read in, in uh, some of the epistles. You, every day you, have, you get a different area of the Bible that you will uh, read from, and, and uh, it's, it's, just, it's helping you uh, to get a better understanding and get that background. And we're going to talk about the word, the, the implanted word, of God tonight as we look at the book of James. James chapter 1, we're going to read starting in verse number 21. Stand with me if you can. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, verses 21 through 25. The Bible says, Wherefore lay lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if a hearer of the word be not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for uh, giving us your word that we can use to help us in our lives as we, as we live our lives. Dear Lord, I pray that you would just give us a love and a burden to read the word of God. Help us, dear Lord, to not only read it, but to apply it to our lives and be doers of the word. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for giving us this precious book that we can use in our lives. 
Thank you for all you do for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, in our, our text, we have come across this word, uh, the engrafted word, which has a, a meaning of grafting as a citrus industry would, would, put, would cut a little limb and, and, and tie it together with a, a, a little uh, new plant of the, the orange trees and give it different varieties of taste. Uh, and it, it has to do with it's an agricultural term. Uh, other, other translations can be also be, be understood as the implanted word. It's implanted in, your, in, the, in the soul of the believer. Uh, and that's the idea, is to have the Word of God implanted in your lives, to, to let it grow, to let it flourish, to let it develop in your spiritual life, in, the spirit, in your life. Uh, uh, there are several observations can be made about the Word of God in this passage, and, 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 the, and the first pertains to what? The word is able to do in our lives. Uh, the power, number one, the power of the word of God. Uh, the, the word of God is a powerful book. It has power in it. And what it can do in the lives of people, if people will just use it the way God wants us to use it. It has, uh, notice the words um, uh, that James uses here in, in verse number 21. It says, uh, uh, which is able to save your souls. Uh, which is, uh, the Word of God is able to save your soul. How does it save your soul? Because it, it brings forth the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you would not, we would not know anything about what Jesus did if it were not for God's Word. Uh, it, it helps us to understand what happened and helps us to, to know why it happened and all the details about it uh, for us to be saved. Um, stated very clearly, the Word of God has the power to save our souls. To see how, let's consider some other scriptures. Uh, it's, it, its power to save us is found in its ability to create anew, to make us new, to cause us to be born again. Uh, uh, turn with me to, to 1 Peter chapter 1, just a few pages over uh, from James. First uh, Peter chapter 1 uh, and verse number 22 and 23. It says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Uh, it, it uses the term, Peter uses a term of corruptible, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. That, that seed, again, it's an agricultural term. It's a seed that's planted in the heart of the believer. When you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you, and the seed of the Word of God has the ability to grow inside of you if you will develop it, if you'll cultivate it. So many times, though, Christians, they come to church, they read their Bibles, they, they study it while they're at church, and it's as soon as they get home, they, they put it wherever they put it, and they never open it from Sunday or to the next service. I, I know it's true because I used, you know, 
I've been there, okay? I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to shame everybody, but I'm just recognizing the facts. And, and I hope that you will recognize that, that sometimes that's what happens. We, we, you know, we, we have it and we bring it to church and we um, use it while we're at church. But how often do we open it up during the week? How, how often do we, do we read from the Scriptures throughout the week? Do we, do we make it a part of our life? James, back in, back in James chapter 1, verse 18, it says, uh, it says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. Again, an agricultural term. But he, he begat us by the word of truth. We got saved because the word of God explained to us what we needed to do to be saved. Um, this is because of what the Word of God contains. God's way of salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, it tells us uh, how we can be created anew. It also ta- teaches us about how to be sanctified. It's a, that's a spiritual or religious word, sanctification. Uh, a new believer might not know that term, might not understand that term. It's uh, justification is another one of those terms, and they kind of sound alike. Justification uh, means to, to be saved, to be, uh, to be just as if I had never sinned, uh, to become a believer. And then sanctified happens after you get justified, and it happens in time. Justification happens immediately uh, at, at, at salvation. Sanctified uh, can, comes over time. There are things in your life when you get saved that, that um, do not line up with God's word. And, and so as you live your life and you expose yourself to the word of God, to the preaching of the word of God, and to, to other brothers and sisters in Christ, you learn some things that maybe we have to tweak our lives a little bit. In fact, in most cases, most every case, we do have to tweak our lives a little bit. We have to make some changes that... Uh, that it was okay when we were lost in our sins, but now that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and He has forgiven us of all of our sins, is it right for us to continue in those sins? Uh, Is it right for us to continue doing the sins that Jesus saved us from? Uh, We should look and examine our life and see the areas where, where sanctification needs to take place. That he needs to to cleanse us. The word sanctified means to set apart for a holy purpose. Uh, David saying uh, of the word's ability to sanctify God's people. Turn with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Uh, In the middle of this psalm, David is singing and it sounds just like a song. The way uh, it's arranged. Understand that the psalms were all songs. Uh, to the Jewish people, to the Hebrews. They sang these th- songs. Uh, and you say, well, why can't we sing them? Sometimes we do. Uh, we, we, we do sing them. Uh, many times we, uh, um, um, you know, the, um, the kids sang, was it Give Thanks Tonight? As a Deer. As a Deer, okay. Uh, maybe it was another time we sang Give Thanks. Did we sing, have we sung that? As a praise him, okay. Uh, give thanks uh, is a is a song that we we sing, and it's taken from from the scriptures. 
but in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Okay, it talks about salvation here. Uh, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, and the righteous altogether. Uh, the, the, the law of the word, Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The God's word helps us to understand uh, how that uh, we should be saved and helps purify our lives. It, to, to, to make us, to set us apart for the work that God has called us to do. In his prayer, Jesus spoke of the sanctifying influence of God's word over in John chapter 17. John 17, verses 15 through 17, uh, Jesus is praying to his heavenly Father. And, and John 17, if you ever really want to know what the Lord's Prayer is, uh, it, it's not our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, that's not the Lord's Prayer. That's a model prayer. If you really want to know what the Lord's Prayer is, read John 17. That's, that's the prayer that Jesus prayed. Uh, but down in, in verse number 15 of John 17, it says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, talking about his, uh, those who have come to Christ. Uh, he, he says, I'm not asking for you to take them out of the world. Uh, sometimes we wish that to be the best way for us, you know. We don't have to deal with a sin issue if he would just take us out of the world. You know, we, we, we could just be worshiping the Lord in perfect uh, 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 Perfect perfection in our lives and, and, and a glorious time. But Jesus is not asking for that. He says, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, <coughs> but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. This is Jesus' prayer for us, that thou should keep us them from evil, keep us from evil, that they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify the Lord. Uh, 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 sanctify us through uh, thy truth. Through God's truth. Through the word of God. Through the word of truth. Uh, that's, that's what the word of God is used for. To sanctify us. To set us apart. To, to, to enable us to be what he wants us to be. Uh, you will never be all that God wants you to be until you get in the Word of God and start applying it to your lives. It's not just good words to think about, encouraging words, and, and, and if you treat it like that, it's just a good book, you know, it's a good book, and, and, and we have respect for it. Uh, but there is just some areas in the Bible that, you know, we don't want to to apply to our lives because it's we feel like it's difficult it, it, it's going to cause us to stop doing some things that we really enjoy uh, it, in other words it's going to stop us from sinning and we enjoy it that's what usually keeps I'll tell you what you see you, you show me a person who is saved and backslidden and I'll show you a person who's saved and not reading the word of God 
Uh, it, you just can't do the both. Of, you you can't read the Word of God and drift off into sin. It can't be done. Uh, you you because the, the, when you saturate your lives with the Word of God, uh, it, it brings that that thought brings to your mind. You know, I was just reading about God, and now I'm doing this, and and, and the conviction becomes overpowering in our lives. You want to sin less? Read, read more from the Word of God. Uh, if you have problems with sin, read more of the Word of God. And, and, uh, uh, and, and there's a direct correlation between the two. And, and so uh, uh, Jesus is praying that, that the Word will sanctify them. The Word of God can serve to set us apart for His purpose. It also preserves us. Uh, the young were told to preserve uh, their way by the word of God in Psalm 19, verse 9. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? How, how can the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed unto, uh, thereto according to thy word. Uh, how do you cleanse your way? How do you make your way strike, right? Uh, by, by listening to the word of God. And then and if two more verses down. Um, is a, is a familiar verse that you may not realize where it came from. Do you remember saying the pledge to the Bible? We, we do that occasionally. Verse number 11 says, Thy word have I heard, have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Uh, that, that verse is, is kind of interwoven in our pledge to the Bible. You remember? Yeah. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, will make a lamp unto my feet. And a light under my path. There's another verse of scripture. And will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. That part comes from this verse. Uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The more Bible you have in your heart and in your life, the less you're going to be affected by sin. Now, it's not going to cause you to be live a sinless perfection, per, perfected life. But it will do a lot in cleansing your life and setting you us apart to preserve us. The elders were admonished to keep the church pure by the same word. Acts chapter 20. Do you want to turn there? Acts chapter 20, verse start number 18. Paul is making his way back to Jerusalem for the very last time. He is, he is traveling by ship. He comes down to Miletus, just to the south of Ephesus, and he is sent for the elders of the churches of Ephesus uh, to come, and he's, he's, he's encouraging them with these words as we get to Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 28. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, for he that purchases with his, that which he had purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Now verse 32, notice. And now, brethren, I commend you to God 
and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. The word of God brings sanctification in the heart of the believer. When we take time to consider the power of the word of God, it becomes evident that the word is very important to the Christian. But the value of the implanted word can only be realized when certain conditions are met. And we find these conditions that are, that are in our text here tonight. Uh, the second thing I want us to see is benefiting from the powerful word of God. There are some things that we must lay aside. Uh, to benefit from the reading and the powerful word of God, there's some things that we have to lay aside in, in the scriptures. We'll go back to our text in James chapter 1 and verse 21. The very first part of that, uh, that verse, it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now, um, this expression is, is it's archaic. Uh, James mentions such things as all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's worded a little different in the New King James. It says all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Uh, and, and so we're laying apart, laying aside the filthiness and the overflow of wickedness that is in our life. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, there's some things that we must lay aside in our lives. Um uh, some people are afraid to get saved because if they if they get saved, they're going to have to quit some things. Um, you know, I, 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 there are some things that I don't, I no longer do. But um, you know, um, there are some things that I wanted to do that I don't do anymore. It's because I don't want to do them anymore. Amen. You know, I don't have the desire to do those things. I, I still struggle, uh, and, and you do too. Uh, there, there, there's things that goes on in your life that you struggle with every day. Don't say you don't. Uh, but, but God has changed us. Your thinking is different. Uh, if God hadn't changed you at all, you wouldn't be here tonight. <laughs> Believe me, the world's got a lot to offer you to do tonight besides coming to church. There's a lot of other options. There are many things that you could be doing, but you're here tonight because God has made some changes in your life. Amen. He, he has made some changes to, uh, to, to that, that brings you and draws you here uh, uh, for because you want to hear more about the, the Lord's work and, and learn more about God. Paul describes some things to lay aside over the book of Colossians, book of Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Paul mentions some things that we're supposed to lay aside. He just outlines them, just names them. Um, in Colossians chapter 3, starting verse number 5, it says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And he mentions fornication, which is sexual immorality, uncleanness, inordinate affection. Now that's another way of saying shameful passions and lusts. Uh, and then evil conspicuous, which means evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them, but now 
ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, which is rage, uh, malice, or which means the intention or desire to do evil, uh, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. There's some things in our life as Christians that, that we need to put off, to, to, to get rid of, to, to take it off of, out of our life, and, and, and to, to no longer have control o, over our lives. Uh, there's just some things we shouldn't be doing. And, and, and Paul is outlining these things, and, and he's telling these, these things that we, we must uh, uh, put these things out of our life. The Word of God, uh, for the Word of God to bear its fruit in our life, the weeds of sin must first be uprooted. Uh, if you're going to allow the Word of God to work, you've got to get the sin out of your life. Um, we cannot hope to benefit from our study of the Word of God if we continue to dwell on that which is spiritually filthy and to engage in wickedness. Um, listen, God and sin does not, does not go together. Like oil and water. Uh, you try to mix those together and you're going to have a, you have a, a job. You, listen, you can't, you, God, God's not going to mix with sin. He's not going to, listen, when you have sin in your life, uh, you, your prayers are not going to be answered. Your things that you desire, good things in your life are not going to come to you. It holds you back in every aspect of your life. Well, how do we get that out? By reading the Word of God. To have the Word of God in us. And to study it. Um, uh, could this... Could this be why many of us do not uh, get much out of our Bible study? Because of sin that's in our life? We just kind of come and pay our dues. Okay, it's time. He's going to quit sometime real soon. And we can go home and do other things. Uh, is, is that the way we approach church? Is that, is that what we what we hope for when we come to church? I, I say these things because these are the things, these are real to me. Listen, I, I, I grew up in church. I, I know what I was thinking when I was sitting where you are. And, and many times it wasn't what, I, what the preacher was speaking about. I understand. I understand that. I understand the, the things that go through your minds and... And, uh, uh, and, and, and I, you know, I understand that, and I, I hope to help you with that. Uh, we must have the proper attitude. Verse number, uh, back to James chapter 20, uh, back to James 1, 21, the last part. We must have the proper attitude. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. James says, receive with meekness. We talked about that this morning. The meekness, the uh, meekness of the Word of God. Uh, a humble and receptive attitude is essential to get the most out of the Word of God. It helps us to remain humble if we remember two things. We're sinners, and we can easily be deceived as well. Uh, you know, that's what Satan does. He deceives you by making you feel like your sin is really not that bad. It, isn't that what he told Eve? Uh, 
didn't you hear that God said if you that you're going to have this the day you're going to surely die and you're going to be and he and he he deceived her he never really told a lie she was going to know that like God good and evil when she took that that apple or not what the apple erase that that fruit that fruit it wasn't an apple uh, he, the Satan told her the truth. She was going to know good and evil when she took of that fruit. But she understood that to be something different. She only knew good up to that point. But the moment she sinned, she now understands evil. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so um, we, we, we can deceive ourselves. We can be easily deceived. Uh, we should study uh, not to learn facts or not to win debates, but to learn God's truth to save ourselves and those around us. I, I had a friend years ago. Uh, he was a little older than me, and he's, he's with the Lord now. Uh, uh, you know, I loved him, but he liked to argue. He liked to argue the Bible. Uh, and... Uh, and, and you know, he, he was just part of his his DNA. He just loved to argue and wanted to try to trick me and saying something I didn't say. And he he knew the Bible, uh, but he used it as a tool to debate. And and uh, I'm not a debater. I I don't get into that. I you know I try to stand for the truth. And uh, you know, when some people come approach me and they have a uh, different ideas. I kind of smile at them and understand where they're coming from. And if they really want to know what I think about it, I'll tell them about it. And and uh, but I, you know, I'm just not a debater. Uh, uh, listen, learning the Bible facts is not good just for debating, uh, but it's to learn God's truth to save ourselves and those around us. Uh, what does the Word of God uh, uh, do for us? It helps us to mold us to be what God wants us to be. In, his, in this prayer of David, um, uh, is this prayer of David our own? When he said in Psalm 119, 18, Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Do you, do you ask God to open your eyes to, to help you to understand? Um, it's, a, it's a good thing to do, to pray before you. You read the scriptures, Lord, just help me to understand. Show me in these scriptures what you're trying to say to me. Help me to understand. And you know what? That's what His Spirit is there for. To help teach you. To help you to understand. To help you to recall things that you have studied before. Um, the Word must be implanted in our hearts. Um, and this last, verse, last part of this, this 21st verse, uh, the engrafted uh, word, um, to, to, to implant it into our hearts. Uh, it, is, it is only the implanted word which can truly save our souls. Therefore, we must be sure to take the words out of the pages and implant them in our hearts. I have had the honor of presenting Bibles to individual men who were um, were being ordained as a preacher or as a deacon 
and occasionally they would choose me to present the Bible, and uh, they normally would give a Bible when that ordination service uh, takes place. And one of the things that I try to always instill when I'm presenting the Bible to these individuals, whether it be a deacon or whether it be a, a preacher who's, who's prepared to be a pastor, is to, uh, as they receive the Word of God, to, I tell them to not only to get in the Word, but to allow the Word of God to get into you. Okay? Now, listen, it, that's what puts it in our heart, to, to, to live the Word of God. To get in the Word, but allow the Word of God to get into you. And, and that's what God wants in our life. It's not just for deacons and pastors and preachers. It's for, for his, all of His children. Amen. To allow the Word of God to get into your heart. Uh, to be implanted inside your soul. Um, there, we, we must uh, uh, be sure to take the words out of the pages and plant them in our hearts. Otherwise, we are no different than the Jews who gave lip service uh, to the words written on stone. Uh, a distinguishing feature of, the, of, of uh, those under the new covenant uh, is that the word of God is written in their hearts. In Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 through 10, it says, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is a mediator of the better covenant, talking to Jewish believers, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant, talking about the Old Testament and the law, had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for a second or a New Testament. Uh, for finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I have made with their fathers in the day when I took them out of the land, uh, uh, take, took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Notice verse number 10. Uh, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me uh, a people. Uh, God's desire is for his word to be put into our mind and to be put into our hearts. Otherwise, we deceive ourselves and, and usually only ourselves. God's not deceived. Uh, Satan's not deceived. And, and most likely, you know, your family is not deceived. Uh, your family knows you better than anyone. And, you know, you can put on a certain face when we come to church in front of all of the believers of the church and everything. And when we live a different life at home, our family sees that something's not right. Um... Notice the true blessedness of the word comes. And verse, back to James chapter 1. But whoso looketh into, verse number 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Um, not by looking into the perfect law of liberty alone, but by continuing in it and by being a doer of the work. Uh, anybody can be a good hearer. 
Um, you just sit quietly and look and and listen. Uh, but that's not what James is trying to encourage us to do. Uh, to be not be just a hearer, but to be a doer uh, of the of the word. Have you studied math? At some time in your life, you have studied math. Some of you have. Some of you've forgotten some of it. Do you remember all the homework you used to have? Math is famous for homework. They would teach you a particular principle, a particular function, and then they would send you home with a whole list of problems to fill out, to work out. And you'd go home and now, what did the teacher say? How did we do this? And uh, When you were in class, you were a hearer. And when you went home, you became a doer. And why did you need to be a doer? So that you can remember and have it in your mind and where you'll know what to do when the test comes around. <laughs> uh, listen, God wants us to be a doer of the word, not just hearers. Uh, this could be a test one day. <laughs> you know, we're going to stand before God one day and He's going to open up the books, and then he's going to open up the book. Um, you know, the book, the Lamb's book, Lamb's book of life is. We're see if our our name is going to be in it. And then the books, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. Compare ourselves, how we lined up with the Word of God. Uh, this could be a test one day. I don't know how I'm going to do it, and that's that's. You know, a concern of my own. I, I hope we're concerned about that. How are we gonna how are we gonna measure up at that point? How is our life gonna be measured up when we when we're examined by the books? When our life is looked at through the books, the books, the Bible. It's what the word Bible means, the books. The books. Continuing in it and being in doing the work. Yes, it is not just reading the word that provides joy, peace, and happiness, but the actual application of the word in lives through faithful obedience. Notice that James calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty. This is because it has the power to create anew, to cause us to, to know we need to be saved, to sanctify us, and to preserve us. It provides true freedom and liberation from the guilt and dominion of sin. Uh, you need the Word of God. You need it more than you realize because it enables us to overcome sin and to be uh, uh, used of God as He speaks to us. Uh, we pray because we want to speak to God. We read the Word of God because we want to hear from Him. Uh, do you have any friends? I hope you do. Who's your best friend? I'll tell you who your best friend is. Your best friend is the one you speak to the most often. That's your best friend. You, you spend more time talking with them and listening to them. Don't you want God to be your best friend? Oh, all we have to do for that to happen is to listen to Him and to speak to Him. 
and allow Him to be our best friend. Listen, you need the Word of God. You must get in the Word of God. Um, undoubtedly you have heard it, but hearing is, is not enough. You must lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, that is, to repent. You must receive the message of the gospel with meekness. In other words, to give up our control and give it to God. Uh, this is a precious book. This is a precious book. And I hope that as you go through this year, that you will make it a realistic part of your life. Not just to bring to church on Sunday, but use it throughout, throughout the week. I know you have days that are busy and hectic and you may miss a day and uh, it happens to everyone. Uh, but read it as often as you can. If you're following the schedule, it's not hard. If you skip a day to catch up. I've had to do that a couple of times myself this week. Uh, you can catch up, but make a commitment to reading the Word of God. Let God work in your life. Let's see what God can do through your life uh, through reading and studying and applying the Word of God. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only.